serve God and mammon. <clears throat> so, when Jesus was speaking to the people of that time, they, they had... They had material possessions. They had they had money in that time, and and their money was silver or gold or copper, and and it, it actually had it actually had had value. And I've got I've got a, a coin there. Um, now it says uh, it actually says one dollar on it, but that's um, an ounce of of um, pure silver, so it's about what is it thirty? About thirty dollars. Okay. All right. So that's that's what they what they used. What do, what do we often use? This stuff. What's the intrinsic value of what I've got in my hand? Not a thing. What's it based on? Nothing. It's interesting, isn't it? It's actually not based on anything. Now, now, prior to what is it, nineteen seventy-two or something like that, um, money was based on 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 gold. It was connected to gold, and uh, in in their great wisdom, I think President Nixon decided that he would sever the gold standard, so money was no longer linked to anything so so this was originally a promissory note of this was you know if you if you handed one of these in you could actually get that amount of of a, a precious metal gold so this actually isn't it's actually not based on anything it's actually based on confidence <laughs> confidence in the world system what happens when the confidence goes down? What, what's that? What's that worth? Nothing. Now, we use it now, don't we? We use it now and we can do things with it. What happens when the structure that's supporting that collapses like the house of cards that it is? If our confidence is in that, <laughs> what are we left with? Nothing. Now, you might be thinking, oh, you know, it's, it's, what, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? If money becomes useless. Well, I think that's what Jesus was talking about. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? How do we do that? Now, it, 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 that might be, it, it might seem a little bit counterintuitive what I'm, I'm saying, that we actually give of what we have. Now, I've just said that that's worth nothing, in effect. Well, it is for the moment, but 
hold on to your hat. So what happens when it's not worth anything? Well, you know, if God can trust me with something that has no intrinsic value, if he can trust me with this, that in itself doesn't have any value, then he can trust me with uh, things that have real value. That's his word. That's his presence. That's the, the economy of God. He's got his own economy. God has his own economy. It's in sowing and reaping. That's God's economy. Whatever we want as far as coming, you know, a, a, a very practical stuff. A friend, you want a friend? Be friendly. Give it out first. And then Jesus goes on and says, Therefore I say, therefore I say, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they do not neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can one add, add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Are you of little faith? Actually, we only need a little faith. Faith is a mustard seed. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you see there's a there's a great seeking in the world now i have i have friends that i've 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 you know i've shared the gospel with and i'm I'm thinking of one person in particular and and he knows there is a god he knows he knows but he loves money money is in place of him receiving the relationship that God wants him to have. And uh, I've told him that. (laughs) I said, money is your God. And he said, yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, we'll keep working on that one. But there's 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 a searching in the world for stuff for all the stuff of 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 life and that's what that's what encapsulates and that's what um um, drives people so many people but this promise here is that if we seek god first and his righteousness now i've spoken about that word righteousness before 
it's 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 not the doing the the stuff it's the being it's actually if you you look at that word in the greek it's having an equity of character <laughs> if we go after god and are, and are looking to be filled up with him as the bible talks about then those things god will look after he knows that we need them and he will look after those things. Now, there's, I mean, there's practical things that, you know, there's, there's the natural and, and, and there is the spiritual. And, and that's, you know, it, that always, that's always there. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, there's, uh, I, I personally believe this is going to become useless very you know, without, before too long. <laughs> so there's a natural thing, um, and that's, that is actually a natural thing. Um, if you want to talk to me more about that later, you can do that. But, you know, it even goes beyond that, that our trust has to be in God. And as we're obedient to what he says... Even in this area of, of, of sowing and reaping, of giving, then that opens the opportunity for God to do the real work, what I, what I consider the real work, and filling us up with his treasures. The things that, and I'm not talking about material things, and, and you know, that might be also great, because he says he, he knows we need things. But I'm talking about the character of God and the ability that he gives, the grace that he gives to operate in the true gifts, the true riches. And that's what's going to change this planet. Seeing God operating through normal people who've just given themselves over to him. Yeah? Now, um, we do... Um, receive tithes and, and offerings and there's, you know, if you've got the, if you've got the stuff that's not going to be worth anything. <laughs> that's our little post box is up there next to the communion cups. And, well, you just think about it. What's digital? What's digital money? Well, it's less than nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and um, yeah, I... I Give my tithes online, and I give. I like to give my offering in in the um, in the stuff that I can still handle. But glory to God, Hallelujah! Let's just pray for a moment. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just I just thank you that um, that you have true riches that you want to just bestow um, to your people. And Lord, that's your character. That's that's all that you are. And Lord, your resources are endless. And Lord, when you say don't worry, you actually meant that. Don't give um, any place for anxiety or that negative meditation, which is worry. Uh, but Lord, um, you encourage us to to seek you and and to press into you and to and to really. Um, take a hold of those promises and make them our own uh, because that's what you've planned, that's what you've purposed. Uh, the promises that you make and, uh, are for us. 
so Lord, we just, uh, we just thank you that you are in the waiting <laughs> and your promises you will fulfill. Uh, so Lord, I just uh, play a, uh, pray a, a blessing on, on the giver. Uh, Lord, that's, um, that's your economy. And, uh, and Lord, we just, uh, we just exalt you in all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I would like to um, hand over to uh, to Jeffrey to uh, bring a word this morning. Try again. We want so much to hear from you. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we're gathered here to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So Lord, I'm asking that you would speak through your word directly to the heart of every person here this morning. Yeah. That each person will know what it is to hear from God and to allow that spirit of God to minister to the very deep within, to draw us into a closer relationship with you, to change whatever needs to be changed, that we can be a people dedicated wholeheartedly committed and submitted to you to allow you to produce in your church that which is well-pleasing to you. So Holy Spirit, we're asking you to come this morning. We, we welcome you. We invite you in to come as fire. To come as fire into our being, Lord, to burn up anything that's not of you. Father, we want to be a people that are wholly separated under you, pure in every thought, in every action, in every purpose. So Lord, come as fire and burn up the brushwood. Burn up all the stuff that's not of you. Burn up all the stuff that you desire to remove so that you can fill us with more of your presence to open the eyes of our understanding, to give us a clear understanding of the purpose and plan that you have for each one of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God's got a plan for you. God wants every single person to understand and walk in the plan that he has for them. We make many plans and we should. We should be a people who are planning to allow God to use us in a way that he so desires to be a people that are just so submitted to him that will just say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Yeah. 
be done. Lord, help me to understand that your will and your plan is the very best thing that I could ever be walking in. Sometimes we hold back a little bit or we, we resist or we're not sure whether God knows. We're not sure whether God really understands how important it is. But if we will make that wholehearted commitment to him, which is an expression of trust, Lord, I trust you with my life. Trust is a very precious thing. And sometimes it can be damaged by people, but God will never damage the trust that you put in him. He is the most trustworthy one. He is the one who has the perfect desire, because it is a desire. When, When we begin to yield to the Spirit of God, he can actually change our heart's desire. Sometimes our heart's desire are not in line with his desire. We think we know what we want. We plan what we want to be doing and we're asking God to come in and and back up our plan to be with there to make things go well. But we have to recognise that often it's not until we come to a place of emptying ourselves before God and allowing God to fashion and mould us into the likeness of the one we say we follow. Lord, I want to follow you with all my heart. Okay, well, that means there are some things in our hearts that need to be removed because there are hindrances, whether we recognise it or not, in our hearts that can restrict or limit the flow that God wants to have in us and through us. I was speaking last week a little bit about the the prayer that Jesus prayed that seems like something that will only happen just as we're stepping through the gates of glory, (laughs) that we can be one. I might read it to you again out the Passion Translation. I read it out of the New King James last week. It's in John chapter 17. This is at the, the, um, the very end of the time Jesus is here on this planet. And he's praying for you and I. And in John 17 and verse 20, Passion Translation. And I ask not only for these disciples but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. So that's you and I. I pray for them all to be joined together as one. You and I to be as one. Now that seems like an impossibility. When we look at the diversity of personalities... And the difference of opinion that we have, 
It makes us realise how individual we are and God wants us to keep our individuality but he also wants us to be a people who are submitted to him so that he can cause the body to grow in the way that he has planned where every part fits in the big picture. I only get a small part to play in the picture. But if I do my part, it'll fit well and it'll, it'll achieve what the Holy Spirit is wanting the church to be. If I just do my part, and we've all got a part that God has given us to fulfill, and that's where we should be on our face before the Lord and just say, sure, show me. Just show me what you would have me to do. Not to be busy about what everyone else should be doing, but to be focused on what you want me to do because the work that he wants to do within each one of us is going to bring us into a place of total satisfaction and fulfilment in him. Completely satisfied in the part that I have to play. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognise that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them. So this glory must be supernatural. If it's going to achieve... This prayer. He says, I've given them the glory you've given to me so that they will be joined together as one. So the glory that we're reading about here that Jesus has imparted to each one of us who have received him is supernatural. But it requires faith from the word to believe that this prayer is going to happen. So we must hear the word, connect our faith with that word, that it's possible. I actually believe that the prayer that Jesus prayed is going to come to pass. I actually have the faith for that because the faith for it comes from the word that I'm reading. For the very glory you've given to me, I've given to them to join them together. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. There are a lot of Christians who do not believe the church is going to be perfect on this earth. The church is going to be perfect according to the prayer of Jesus. Completely united, one in thought, purpose and action with the Holy Spirit because that's the work he's doing in the heart of a person who was yielded and saying, Lord, have your way in my life. Do whatever you need to do to produce in me that which is well-pleasing unto you. You live fully in me and I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, 
for they will see that you love each one of them, listen to this, with the same passionate love that you have for me. The same passionate love that God has for his son Jesus, he also has for me. Now you know how much the Father loves Jesus. He loves you with the same passion, just as much, because we've said, yes, Lord, come into my heart. I receive you. I desire you. I want you. Therefore, that same passionate love he has for Jesus, he has for you and I. And he also has that same passionate love for the world. That love is beyond our comprehension. I said I want to share a little bit on it later on, but that if we can just understand that this is the prayer that Jesus is praying before he leaves the earth, Father, that through the work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to join together these people in the spirit of unity through faith in the word that's preached and we're going to trust God to cause a miraculous change to happen in here so I can love you the same way that Jesus loves you. There must be something in that glory that he deposited. That we can look beyond all the funny little quirky ways that we have, all the things that ruffle our feathers a little bit, we can learn from the, the experience of the Holy Spirit within how to love one another. How to love one another with that perfect love. I spoke a little bit about how this, this glory or one aspect, it's just one aspect of glory. It's, 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 it's a subject that is vast, to say the least. <laughs> but to try and explain the glory uh, requires a lot of faith on our part, to understand what God is saying and how he's going to do But Jesus said that I've honoured, another translation says, I've honoured my disciples. I've honoured them the way you've honoured me, Father. And he did that through an expression of love. And that's one way that the glory is revealed, through expressions of love. And faith works through love, the Bible says. We understand that um, our mission statement that we have is making Jesus Christ attractive to all 
getting everybody involved in the glory and the praise of God. And I said, that's, that's quite simple. If we just love one another, we actually get people involved in the glory by demonstrating a heart of love. A heart of love, an expression of love. And I, I mentioned about the church. where every member of the body of Christ, every member in the church, honours one another. Honouring one another the way the Father honoured Jesus, the way Jesus honoured the Father. If we learn to honour one another through the love, through the faith, through the glory that's been imparted, we can do it. We just have to believe what God has done and allow the Holy Spirit to work the work in us. Now, I want to read a, a couple of other verses in John 13. It's just a little bit earlier on. It was just after what we know as the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples. And in chapter 13 of Gospel of John. This is just after Judas has left the room. You know, Jesus gave Judas every opportunity, even knowing. What an example that is. If he could love Judas, the betrayer, with the same love that he had for everyone else in the room, what an example. We think we've got a problem with some people. How would you handle it? That's why we need the faith that's been given. Verse 31 says, After Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the glory of God to surround the Son of Man. And God will be greatly glorified through what happens to me. And very soon, God will unveil the glory of the Son of Man. 34. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you, by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. So what's a follower of Jesus look like? A follower of Jesus demonstrates the same honour of love toward one another that we have when we're praying to Father God. The same reverence, the same respect. Because when you look into the scriptures, and we're going to get there in a few moments, you will see how by doing this, 
we are walking in the steps of Jesus. And if we walk in the steps of Jesus, we are going to have the Father's backing, just like Jesus. Faith working through love. You want your faith to be working for the power, the signs, the wonders, the miraculous, the word of God coming out of your mouth, changing things. Walk in love. Walk in love because that's what activates faith. That's what causes your faith to work. I'd like to, I might just read it to you. A um, passage in Ephesians, out of the Passion Translation again. It's Ephesians 1, verse 5 to 6. It says, Through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, the Father's tremendous love that cascades over us glorifies his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. There it is again. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. If we will allow God to work his plan, let the unfolding of his plan through the grace that he's given us be activated through our faith in the word we read. And as that faith is activated, the love will begin to flow out of us and the plan of God will be working in and through us. It may seem like it's been a long time coming that God is bringing to pass his eternal plan that hasn't changed and is to reveal his son to the world through the church. That's you and I. So it's our responsibility to get on our face before the Father and say, Lord, have your way, teach me your ways, show me your ways, cause anything that's a hindrance in me to be removed so that when you speak, I do as you say. A willing and obedient servant. Willing and obedient, Lord. If we're willing and obedient, we will have the good of the land, the scripture says. If we'll walk in the goodness of God, if we'll walk in the word that's revealed, see, the Bible, it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is a living word. It's the breath of God in print. So when we open up the book, we should have a desire when Holy Spirit breathed this life into me. 
Let the, the life of this word be my very source of animation. Let it be what causes me to function under that unction of the Holy Spirit. This is a living word. And when the living word becomes alive in us, transformation takes place. How does it happen? By believing what the word is saying. I'd like to encourage you to bring your Bible to church. We're coming into an age where everybody brings their phone, but there's nothing like opening up the book and knowing what it's saying in the book. My dad used to say, would you go to a tennis match without your racket? If you were a spectator, you would. A lot of spectators in church, but they're not actually playing the game. God wants us to get very active in the game. There are things I have written down in my Bible. I've got more than one. Things that I underline. Things that I know where they are. I might know the, the, the scripture, but I know what page it's on. And I know what part of the page it's on. And I can go to that and I can draw from the word of God. Sometimes I can spend weeks on one little passage in the Bible and it's been captivating me lately about the glory of God because God's going to, <clears throat> God is going to release a greater dimension of the glory in you. Are you ready for it? The church is being prepared for a greater revelation of the glory of God. I've told you before, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said the church is coming into an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. There are a lot of mysteries in the realm of glory that God wants to reveal to his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 says, Passion Translation, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. There are realms of glory yet to be revealed in and through the church. The glory can be spoken about in many different ways, but a very general description is the goodness of God. And when the goodness of God is seen in the church, people are going to respond as they responded to Jesus. 
how would it be when the church is in a place where the capacity of every building is overflowing because God's beginning to release a dimension of the realms of glory in and through his people that's going to cause them to expand beyond the natural realms of love. There is a supernatural love that's been given to the church by the power of the Holy Spirit and we're going to experience it in a greater measure. That love is going to overflow. It's going to be the the overriding factor within when we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. When we are completely yielded to the Holy Spirit, the love of the Spirit will ooze. What was it about Jesus that people were attracted to? Sure, there were miracles, but it was the love of the Father. It was the compassion that he had for people that moved him into the miraculous. Let's have a look in Colossians for a moment. This passage of Scripture in Colossians is pretty close to being my favourite in the Bible. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 26, it's speaking about the divine mystery. Verse 26, Colossians chapter 1. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise. The Rotherham translation calls it the sacred secret. It should not be a secret to you now. You should be getting some understanding. There should be some revelation of the secret because we've now got the Holy Spirit revealing the things of God that have been hidden for a long time. But some of the things that have been released and the church is operating in in a measure has to increase. There is a divine mystery, a sacred or secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifest for every holy believer to experience. God wants you to have experiential knowledge of the indwelling glory. And when God begins to release a little bit of that glory within you, you're going to find something's changing. From glory to glory, he's changing me. From glory to glory, 
That's what the scripture's talking about in Corinthians, where it talks about us going from one realm of glory to another realm, to another level, to another level, from glory to glory to glory. It doesn't say from glory to depression, to glory to depression. Up, down, up. It talks about levels of glory in God where we move into a supernatural realm where we're walking above the circumstances of life where we have the empowering of the Holy Spirit as he's designed and purposed for each one of us to know what it is to be indwelt by superhuman power. The church is coming into the realms of the supernatural, extraordinary power of God. How's it going to happen? Through faith in the word you hear preached. If you don't hear it preached, you won't have the faith to believe for it and you'll go on the same. But God is releasing a word into the church right now that's going to cause faith to be stirred and glory to be revealed. I like that. Faith to be stirred so the glory can be revealed. How much glory can you handle? According to your faith, let it be. Where does faith come from? The Word of God. If we are a people who mean business with God, we need to get into the Word and allow the Word to get into us and then be infused by the power of the glorious one resident within. Unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ. Remember I said an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. Here it is right here in Colossians. Living within you is the Christ who floods you the greater dimensions who floods you with the expectation of glory. Why do you have the expectation of glory? Because Jesus prayed it, I believe it, and I'm going to see it happen. I'm going to be in the church that's flooded with the glory of God. Oh, my, my, my goodness. Can, can, can you imagine a church flooded with the glory of God? Get ready. Get ready to allow what God has placed inside you to bubble forth by the power of the Spirit of God so that you can honour one another. A house of honour, a house of worship, a house of prayer, a house of the glory. The resident glory. He's resident in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope 
filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. There it is, the mystery of Christ in you, the glory of God resident in you and God wants you to know it, to experience the realms of glory where the presence of God is overwhelming, where that spirit of glory that's resident within you begins to bubble up because of the word that the spirit of God is working on and you're beginning to feel something touch you, you're beginning to feel the glory of God and you know that you know God is preparing you to walk out in the realms of the Spirit and touch the world with the Word God's given you by the power of the anointing of the resident Christ in you. And Christ wants everyone to know it. Are you ready for an unfolding of revelation, of the greater dimensions of the one who lives in you. So many Christians are limiting the power of God. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, resident in you. Christ in you. An awesome mystery. You are an awesome mystery. Now, you know I only use that word awesome when it's related to God. You're related to God. You're awesome. You've got an awesome mystery worker working wonders within you. Will you allow the Holy One, the Christ in you, to become your all in all, filling and flooding and overflowing, overwhelming? See, if, 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 if. If, if you if you will, if you will submit, if you will yield, if you will hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God that's within you to come forth by the power of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temp, the faith, all of these fruits that are within, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit with all nine components, the nine aspects of the love of God and the Holy Spirit within is the one who is working within right now right now if we'll just surrender see it's not about me being good enough or me coming to the place where okay now I think God can do something with me the only time God can do something with you is when you come to the place of recognising of myself, I can do nothing. Because in me, there's only one good thing and it's the Holy Spirit. Christ in you. The scripture says, 
if they had have known, if the devil had have known what was coming, you're an awesome mystery waiting to be revealed. Will you allow the unfolding of revelation to come to bring that change, to allow that dimension of glory to be revealed. You have the glorious gospel of Christ resident in you. Verse 28, Christ is our message. This is what Paul used to say all the time. We just preach Christ. We don't preach ourselves. We're not impressed with ourselves. We're only impressed with him. And he's the one we preach. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts. The church needs an awakening. The gospel is the great awakening. When the gospel is preached under the power of the anointing, there is an awakening within the hearts of God's people and the Christians need to wake up to who they've got in them. Christians have become so settled with a meek, mild gospel about God is good to me and he is good to you, but there's so much more he wants to do through you. So Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts. There is a great awakening coming and it has to come into the church first before it's going to hit out there. Wake up, sleepy church. That should be the message. Wake up. The problem is we see ourselves as that image in the mirror we see when we climb out of bed in the morning. We look in the mirror and think, oh, I think I'll go back to bed. What a mess. Christ is our message we preach to awaken hearts and to bring every person into the full understanding. So you must have an anointed word if it's going to touch your heart and produce change. If there's no change, there's no revelation, there's no revelation, there's no moving you from the seat. But once there's an unfolding of revelation, it bursts in your heart. Wow. To preach the full understanding of the truth, Paul says it has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labour with tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. There it is again. Perfection in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of God to be revealed through humility of heart and a recognition 
that if this is going to happen, it's going to be a miracle of God. And yes, you are a walking miracle. Will you allow God to reveal that awesome mystery that is placed within you? It becomes like a treasure chest. That's what we read before. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. First, there needs to be the word preached so faith comes, so faith can be activated. And when that faith causes that water of the word to begin to bubble inside, the fire of the Holy Ghost is going to burn out everything that's not of God and is going to bring you into the plan and purpose he has for you. So we need to be people who are saying, Lord, have your way. Do whatever you want to do in me. Do whatever you want to do in my family. Do whatever you want to do in this house. Holy Spirit, come as only you can come. Shake everything that can be shaken so that only that which is built on the Word of God will stand and that which stands will be strong. It will never, ever fall. It will stand because it's the Word of God and God is going to have a house that's standing on the rock the Lord Jesus Christ and everything's going to flow in and through him wow I've got to read it to you again living within you is the Christ who floods you he wants to flood you. There are so many Christians living on drip irrigation. God wants to flood you. He wants to flood you. First with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for God's people. You're a treasure chest of the glory of God and he wants to open up and reveal to you the riches of the glory that's resident in you. The enemy has done a real snow job on the church. God wants to take the blinders off so we can see clearly that we are a people in preparation for the glory of God and that's going to be a demonstration of the power of God. And what's going to be the release of the power when they love one another? Because faith for the power works through love. If we can just understand and come together as one in him and put aside our differences, our preferences, our personality quirks that, you know, we've all got stuff that needs to be worked on. And if we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he will bring that fire into every area and he'll burn up all the stuff that's of no use. Come, Holy Spirit. 
as fire burns the brushwood, as fire causes that water to boil. See, that's an experiential knowledge that you can have that God has given me that I will never forget. When the fire begins to burn up the brushwood, then there's a purity, there's a cleansing, and then that holiness, that water of the word within you begins to bubble up. The fire gets in the water, and look what happens. My goodness, when that fire hits the water, you're going to see the electricity of God begin to generate and activate his people. They're going to come alive under the power, wholly generated, infused and flooded by the power of God. Holy Spirit, this word that you've released this morning, cause it to be a word that goes deep, deep, deep within the heart to bring about holy change as only you can do it, Lord. Lord, as we're willing and submitted to your direction, to what the Holy Spirit's saying, that you can then work your work and do a purifying within the hearts of every person in this room. You can begin to purge out all the things that are not of you, all the hindrances, all the personality things that are hindering what you want to do, Lord, and you can fine-tune everything within us so that we are a harmony, that we are an orchestra, that we are one that are playing the same tune and you're the master, you're the conductor and as you're conducting, the orchestra will flow in harmony. There'll be such a harmony in the house that the glory of God will be evident and people will see and know God is in the house. Lord, we want you to come into this house, into every member of this house and purify and purge out everything that's not of you so that only the holiness of God will be seen in the house and you will receive all the glory in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Continue your work. Cause us to be so conscious of your work during this coming week and to be in the word to allow you to cause our faith to be generated so you can continue your work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I better stop. haven't finished. I want you to turn to somebody in the room and say, you're an awesome mystery. Now you know. See, all those little traits that God put in there. It's a mystery. It's a mystery.
before um, Jeff started speaking this morning, we're going to heading to time of communion. So grab your emblems. Before Jeff started um, preaching during during worship, I uh, I saw soldiers, and it it wasn't chaotic, but it was just soldiers kind of hanging around, chatting to each other, like they you know they weren't doing anything. And as we started worshiping. Um, it was like we were commanding these soldiers in line. And I started to see this army form up and take formation. And um, I, I asked God specifically, what is it that, what are we battling? What is, what is this army going out after? And, um, and it, it's along the lines of people's thinking. There, there was a, um, without realising it, there's been a shift in people's thinking in this last week where people have just been a bit overwhelmed and overcome and there's been a lot going on. And, um, and I, I was just asking you, well, that's pretty cool, check out the army, what are you going to do about this situation? And um, I watched as he sent this army out in absolute silence in this formation that came around behind people and that defeated the enemy without any fuss. There was no fuss. It was just, you know, he's appointed people and he was waiting for us to come in line with what he's already said because he's already had the victory. He was waiting for us to come in line with that and he was literally shifting people's thinking as I was watching. And so... um, you know, then Jeff got up and preached and went, oh, that could be a thing. <laughs> so when we take communion, you know, Jeff talked about it being an experience. You know, God wants experiential understanding and experiential understanding of his glory. This is part of how we get it. Part of how we get it is worship but, and, and, and listening to him, but this is part of how we get it. This is a tangible experience for us to invite him to have his way. And so, um, you know, the word talks about there being healing in communion. Um, but specifically today, if, if um, you need your, your mind and your thoughts to come in line with what God's saying and said to you, then um, I believe as you take communion this morning, you're going to experience that that the weight of the world that you've carried around will drop off your shoulders and that there will be a freedom imparted into you as you take this this morning and as you walk out of this place, you walk out with a freedom that you didn't know was possible for you to have. And so I'm just going to pray for us before we take this. Father, I just thank you for what you've done in this house this morning. Father, I thank you for an experiential revelation of who you are. God, through communion this morning, that as we come and we honour what you did on the cross, Father, that we, um, we take part in the victory that you purchased. And Father, we thank you that you've sent the angel armies out already. Father, I thank you um, that you have literally walked around the enemy and he is trapped. God, and we thank you that he is a defeated foe. <laughs> And so, Father, we thank you today that as we take communion, God, we expect an encounter with you this morning in our physical bodies and in our minds. 
And we just ask you to have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, would you take your bread? Father, we thank you for the cup that represents your victory on the cross. And Father, we thank you for victory in this house right now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. We can go good. He's a good, good father. I've just uh, got some um, notices, uh, weekly announcements. That's exciting, isn't it? Who loves weekly announcements? <laughs> um, Monday, Monday, Monday. That's tomorrow. Monday. Playgroup tomorrow, uh, 9.30 to 11.30 right here. So there'll be lots of little people. I'm going to have my grandson and my granddaughter here for playgroup. How about that? That's exciting. Um, Tuesday, uh, ladies having a worship night um, here. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting for the ladies. I, um, I don't get to be here because I'm not a lady. Because we know, you know, we know the difference. Um, so <laughs> that's another story. Um, so that, that'll be exciting. It's, um, we have uh, one of the ladies in the school community um, going to be playing and some of our ladies are going to be singing and, and it'll be a glory to God. It'll be an exciting time. Uh, Wednesday, um, ladies got a coffee catch-up, 10.30 at Beechworth Bakery. If you're available, please feel free with that. Um, we have our usual prayer meeting, uh, 7.30 on uh, Wednesday evening here and you know God's moving moving hearts that's where it starts it starts in our heart he's moving hearts and uh, anything could happen and then there's another prayer meeting Thursday morning in the William room nine o'clock and uh, that's specifically for the school um, people gathering and, and praying into the school because uh, the school needs all the prayer it can get. Um, it's a Christian school, and you know there's a the, the enemy has a bit of a bit of a target, and uh, but he's lost anyway. But you know, <laughs> it, it's good to uphold everything that's happening there. A couple of upcoming things. Now we're going to have a little clip in a moment. Um, uh, Southern Cross Kids Camp. Now, some of you, a lot of you, will be aware of, of Southern Cross Kids Camp and have either been involved or contributed towards Southern Cross Kids Camp. Um, that's continuing. We've had a couple of years where that hasn't been able to happen, 
and uh, and that is happening uh, next week. So uh, that'll be over at Creswick, the Bendigo camp. Um, the following week, there's a camp in uh, Ballarat. Um, there's one in Mildura, and then one in Queensland. So they are they are uh, across um, across Australia, and. Um, that's really giving kids that, that love that God wants to impart into their lives, particularly those that um, have certainly haven't, have not experienced it. So can you play that, please, Sammy? At Southern Cross, we say we deliver hope by giving a week of happy memories to the kids who come on camp. I ended up on camp for when I was seven. I went on four camps and then eventually lost touch, went to high school, life happened. And when I was about 15, 16, I decided to reach back out and ask if I could come back on camp as a leader. Having a week of solid good feelings saved the hope in my childhood. Just to be able to know that you're safe, that you're cared for, that you're loved is something that most of us take for granted. But that's not an everyday occurrence for them. And so to give them a space where they are free to just be kids, it's life-changing. We are determined to make sure these kids have the best week of their life. You know, we've heard lots of testimonies of... of I've heard lots of testimonies of, of what can happen um, for kids on these camps. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, sorry, um, it's uh, it is very very good, but it's a practical application of the love of God. So um, let's be praying, because um, yeah, it's you, some of these kids have come from really 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 difficult backgrounds, and it's it can be hard work in the natural. But you're sowing in a, a spiritual blessing, a natural blessing. But it's it's something that can just bring a spirit alive. Um, and uh, and so please be praying for um, for the um, camp next uh, next week. Those camps next week. Um, and one. Oh no, twenty um, eighth of September. That's in. Is that on the holiday, Sammy? In the holidays, we've got our next uh, second week of the holidays. It's our church family dinner. So uh, if you were here for the last one, you will know what that's about. If you weren't, you, you probably want to be here for the, for the next church family dinner. So that's the 28th of, of September. And the September weekly news is available um, in hard copy in the, uh, in the foyer uh, on the table. So if you want a hard copy of, of that... Um, please, uh, please grab it. Well, um, good morning. Lord bless you really good. Just allow God to continue to do the work that, um, that, he's, that he's doing. Hallelujah. Thank you.